it can get a little stale because like we're married and we just talk all day so like <laughs> yeah. nice nice to have like a third person in the mix yeah, yeah for spice sure. it up am i a uni- we're gonna, unicorn we're gonna <laughs> slice it up <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> yo! Oh, just another slice. My, my my girlfriend made some joke the other day. It was like another slice of pizza or something. And she's like, "Do you want?" And she like paused. She's like, "Another slice." And I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> Divorce. Divorce. <laughs> that's not funny. That's stupid. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I think there's become this almost reactionary counter thing of like almost like the stupid pole type people, which I think a lot of us fall under where we got so tired of the stupidness of it that we went too far. Like, I feel like I've gone, I went too far, like in my own head and some of the shit that I'd anonymously say online. And I think I, I just, in the last few weeks, I'm just like, do I really have to be a dick? Like, and you know, I don't know. That's like, totally at least. Totally. Um, I've t- noticed that as well myself because it went so hard in the direction yeah. of like PC culture that it was like, oh my God, you mean I can actually say words? And like I got so used to being yeah. like yeah. self editing, and you get to this point where you have like a little cop in your head and you're like, I just yeah. want to be able to talk. I'm I'm not a bad person, you know, but I also, yeah. I mean, I don't want to offend people either. I want to be sensitive. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, I think it's starting to. Yeah maybe go back in the other direction a little bit yeah well i was I thinking know. i was i forgot what i was looking at i think i was looking at ng speaks video or something where it was like a year ago i think it was roughly a year ago it was like the dirt bag versus SJW. like there was a sort of divide identified online and then people were like yelling about it a lot and then everybody made video and then there were splits there were like sort of bread to be splits like where certain camps won't even talk to each other and stuff and that split never got resolved like it actually hasn't I feel like on some level it's gotten wider in some ways but you have the like you know low society types and the I don't know everybody else like even when I think of say like American Johnson and Luna and them it's like they I mean I don't know it's are we going to talk about also I just hate the whole thing it's just like we're just a bunch of people that are online too much like who cares but but yeah, it was a thing where, I mean, I, I do, you know, it is indicative of like a cultural thing though. Um, some people are just saying, okay, that's really annoying. Let's actually be a little bit, um, let's like use some middle school maturity humor from time to time and others being like, you're blacklisted um, from the your ideological bubble or whatever. And um I don't know. At this point, I, I I really hate to sound like a centrist in that way, but like, <laughs> I uh, I actually see both sides of it at this point. I do I do think there's the SJW side. Um, I you know I, I guess I feel bad now. I feel like I was making fun of them for a long time and stuff, and now I'm just like yeah, that's but it's that's not like punching up or anything. You know, that's just sort of um, it's like punching across or down in a lot of ways. So it's it's just not like. It's just, it's reactionary marketplaces. And and I say this all the time that it's like these perpetual reactionary marketplaces where it's like, 
oh no, we're extremely in the other direction and we define ourselves in opposition to what you are. And then mm -hmm. it's always going to go back and forth like that. Um, and it, it's kind of a distraction. It's like the, it's the same thing as the culture war. And yeah. it, it is a symptom of being too online. But I think also it's um, representative of our, you know, real life culture. It's just maybe just more intensified or something like that. Yeah. And, and it ended up being originally it was it was on these really aesthetic lines uh where like people like vouch and uh, chapo were kind of labeled as the dirtbag alternatives mm -hmm. uh to all the liberals out there and it turned mm -hmm. out that they were their their analysis anyway is kind of as tracked in a very very liberal direction and i think now mm -hmm. at least right right now my perception of it is that um some of the people that we're still being dirtbags like this summer. <laughs> uh, we're like doing it for materialist reasons. And, uh, mm. you know, I think things got kind of redrawn a little bit. Um, mm. because some of the, some of the people or like, yeah, like Vouch and Chapo were kind of mislabeled for a while based on these aesthetic uh, reasons. Mm. Yeah. I, well, yeah, since I don't have Twitter anymore, I'm, mostly a lurker of reddit now i i deleted like because the other thing is i guess for me like i i was really surprised i think from my unionized video that like did get a lot of um i mean it's well that one and then actually thought slime shared my um or what's it called eyeball zoned my bill gates video which was just something i sort it was like a sort of one-off when i was making the nonprofit series both of those things are actually in like, like the over 10k range which none of my other ones all my other ones are like can barely get over 1k when I'm lucky at this point but um like I think around that time and I was like oh man like I'm part of bread tube now or something like in my head sort of of like oh I am important now <laughs> um like not 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 really not like you know I'm but but I think just that whole psychology I feel like that's a whole thing that that could be talked about a lot like what does any of that mean and like um I think yeah, when I think of this sort of low society people, like those people, you're kind of like low society person. You were on low society. I'm an um, orbiter, I, yeah. Yeah, I think like their <laughs> their analysis is pretty good with that of like analyzing, yeah, from the, like, the attention economy to the parasocial relationships, like all the sort of like meta, what is the internet conversations? Um, I think I think frankly, it's like on the one side, there's some pretty normal sort of human nature stuff that's going on, which is like, I want to, you know, everybody likes to feel validated. Everybody likes to feel important. Everybody wants to feel like their um, identity. And I don't mean in the demographic sense, but like who they are, that there's something positive there that they can feel good about and like proud of and dignified with. Um, and so like the internet has become this place where you can sort of like um, take this thing that you think of as your identity and you can like package it in a certain way and you can get a whole bunch of fucking validation from people that are presumably human beings, even though you never fucking seen or heard or touched or smelled or tasted them, but you're assuming they're fucking human beings. And they're like, you, you're a person that's cool. And I see you and I hear you. And like, that's super normal. But then there's this thing where like, I think the weird like parasocial elements where, um, because I was kind of hoping with like, I mean, with the unionized video, it was like, you know what? Fuck these fucking cultural analysts. Like, I get it. That movie was racist. And that's a great 20 minute take on how racist the movie was or whatever. Which I was movie? Like, 
I don't know, like just whatever videos, like what, whether it's ContraPoints oh, or Big right. Joel, like like that I was just like, God, is this all the, all the people want to talk about is like right. analyzing Media. music right. videos and shit and just be like, here is the embedded symbolism of the racism in the thing or yeah. the class the class analysis of the thing or the misogyny right. in the thing. And I was just like, the rich are still getting richer. We need to unionize our workplaces. I'm going to make a video on how to unionize your workplace. And I was just yeah. like, and I'm going to see if I can sort of like throw this into the bread tube world and get these fucking people to like, be like, how do we unionize our workplaces? Um, but then getting a little bit of attention from it, I was like, oh, I guess I'm like a real, you know, I'm one of the cool kids now. <laughs> and then I realized like, I'm not, um, <laughs> but like, and then, and then I think I just had like a small moment where I was like on Twitter all the time. And I was like, um, yeah, but you, you got off Twitter. You're like, get me the fuck out of here. Like really quickly. Cause I just, I never really, I'd never used Twitter before really. And I just didn't realize how, well, I have like an addictive personality too. And so like, I was on there a lot and I was just like, okay, I'm like, my back hurts. My eyes are burning. Like <laughs> I, I'm already online too much. So like, why are we doing this? Like what's yeah. the it feels sometimes like, oh, we're trying to win some war or like uh, win in our, in our bubble. We're like, oh, who can win the leftist argument yeah. through attention on Twitter? But it's like, for what? Like for right. what, you know? Like, I don't think that's any measure of like power or like- At the end move, of the day, movement what, building. What, is it, what does it get us? It just gets us another channel on a capitalist yeah. platform. Yeah. We're, we're just doing, you know, right. we're doing the work for them. We're creating the content by just- tweeting and creating yeah. videos like we're the product we're, we're consuming right. the product we're creating the product yeah That's all it is you so. know what I, what I thought was interesting about your uh, watching your journey uh, on youtube and twitter was that uh, it tracked it tracked along with me and fox's experience i think that mm-hmm. you had this video about how to you how to start a union and then um at least in a bubble, like ever, you know, everyone's like, yes, unions are good, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you delved into this kind of third sector where, you know, maybe a hundred mm-hmm. years ago we had, it was more binary where it was like, there's capital mm-hmm. and there's labor and mm-hmm. labor needs to organize to be a balancing power against capital and hopefully fight it and take it over. Um, but then there's this third, mm-hmm. this whole third sector of the world that has completely mm-hmm. mystified though mm-hmm. that balance between capital and labor. And that is the nonprofit mm-hmm. industrial complex, philanthropy, foundations. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that was that intentional that you you transitioned right from how to start a union, you know, very um, one-on-one <laughs> stuff to the MPIC, or was it just uh, you know, was there something I feel so validated? I feel like I feel <laughs> like nobody actually watches these stupid ass videos, these shitty ass PowerPoint creators fucking. Um, Make me feel bad. Well, <laughs> like, we're your no, 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 no. I'm we're like your no. Audience, though. I'm. I know you guys are like the two people that think that this shit matters. No, okay. So yeah. Um. So the so the personal uh, story there is that I had been working at a community mental health. I mean, I think I embedded this info somewhere in the videos. So it's like probably not news for. But anyway, the, this the story is like I had been working at a community mental health clinic for a couple of years. And it was kind of grueling and, and also like rewarding in a lot of ways, but um, um, not like not too long after doing it because um, I work in like the mental health field. So uh, um, I realized pretty, sh- pretty soon after working there that like everybody was complaining all the time. Everybody was burnt out and there were a lot of like managerial decisions. There's just a lot of like bad shit going on. And 
sometimes you think like maybe it's just vicarious trauma because you're working with like kids and trauma and all this sh- all this shit that's just like actually depressing and it's just like whether or not you're under capitalism and just like being being saturated with that kind of shit at your workplace like might just make you like really fucking depressed and irritable and like fucking weird with people and shit but like over time it started to seem like there really is some like incompetence some ego and some s- stupidity and and um, and some bad faith coming from management and from the CEO and from the, sh- the nobody, nobody even knows who's on the board of director. Like no one knows who the fuck these people are. Like when I looked it up, I found that the president of the board at that time and still today, cause I still, even though I don't work anymore, I pay attention to them sometimes fucking president is a fucking real estate person. Um, <laughs> heavily, yeah, course. like heavily, heavily oh, yeah. within the real estate. Like I could, we could talk about that for days. Yep. So, um, I wasn't well, yeah, the greatest. I think you you've described like yeah. every every typical workplace, not just well, yeah. It's literally so, just every workplace. So that's the thing. So it was sort of this double thing where it was like one was the work. It was like okay, the workplace dynamics suck because it's just it's just another capitalist place to work. And I'd worked like I worked at Burger King when I was fourteen. I worked at Long's, which is kind of like a mini kind of Walmart kind of thing. Like I worked at um, Jamba Juice. I worked at a fucking ice cream can I worked at a pizza like I worked so many shitty fucking jobs like throughout my teens and like late teens and early 20s um and then did some other shit and then did the like grad school and now like the mental health worker thing um and so like it was really demoralizing to realize like this it feels like I'm just working at like McDonald's like I'm working one of the shittier jobs that I thought I escaped from sort of climbing this sort of class ladder, like this professionalist like ladder. And then I got hired out of grad school at this like nonprofit doing this really like good work, quote unquote, and, like it's air quotes here, like um, this really good work, really important work. But then like, um, so anyway, like embarked on this journey that like didn't really go anywhere. Like it just basically I salted the shit out of like the workplace for like a couple of years. Um, and along the way got trained by the IWW, they, you know, like they're like probably the only union you can just be like, Hey, can I get a training on how to, you know, is it my workplace? And I was like, all right, I'm gonna make this video. But then after I think again, because it was just to me personally, I don't think I was thinking like zoom out high level. Like we need to talk about the third sector, like nonprofit industrial complex. I think it was more, I would, I felt so demoralized. I felt like it'd be cathartic to just talk about this in a way where like my coworkers don't really want to talk about it. Management isn't going to talk about it. I don't want to get fired. So like, I'm not going to show my face. I'm going to make PowerPoint type of fucking stuff and just like laid out and know that there's other people because I haven't made this shit up. That's why there's a fucking anthology called the Nonprofit Industrial Complex. And there's tons of essays and, and like thinkers and writers. So I just figured I'm going to do this kind of for me. It was like kind of selfish, but also thinking like maybe this will like go up and across and in to like the psyches of those who are either in this sector or those who are kind of like ignorant about like when they hear the word nonprofit and they just think like oh that's just that's where like the good things get done like where maybe they'd come across it in the algorithms and be like oh, okay there's another perspective on this and then maybe consider there's other ways to like be a do-gooder or whatever than just like donating to a nonprofit or climbing the educational ladder to get into a nonprofit with your like highly you're really expensive and highly professionalized and sort of class bifurcated degree and then find that it's just another shitty job with a bunch of people that are just telling you what to do in a weird fucking way and yeah. putting band-aids on bullet wounds yeah like, i mean the way you, i love the way you put it so simply in your videos where you're like oh we're just doing 
the good work. And that's really like what people, that's the big lie, right? Is that somehow this, all mm-hmm. this work is like the good work. This is like mm-hmm. what needs to be done. And I, like y- your video stood out to us so much because, you know, Alex and I live in this bizarro fucking town called Kingston where yeah. Peter Buffett, the most leftist socialist, mm-hmm. quote unquote, socialist billionaire son lives. And he's trying to do his like, you know, sort of left-leaning experiment here. And we're, we're like, we feel like we're in bizarro world and with all this nonprofit stuff that doesn't, it's so hypocritical. It's like they they think they're doing all this good work, but they're really just another wing of capital at this point. They're a giant industry. Um, and yeah, so like when we found your channel and we were like, holy shit, this guy fucking gets it. And like, mm-hmm. nobody's talking about this stuff. Nobody get mm-hmm. nobody on BreadTube is talking about the nonprofit industrial complex. And this is like a huge deal because people think like, oh, mm-hmm. the, le- the left is growing. We're like, you know, our movement is growing stronger. We're making all these gains and we're fucking not. Like a lot of it is just, the marketing that's getting pumped out of all these nonprofits because their job to justify themselves, to make sure they keep getting funding is to make, you know, get all this media prove prove that they're doing a good, doing the good work. And it's just so backwards. It's. Yeah. And and the large, I think the other thing too, um, and maybe we'll get into this uh, when we talk about some of our real life, real life organizing projects, Mm -hmm is that uh, my initial response to all this, to learning about the MPIC and experiencing it here was like, oh, well, we just have to do it better. And uh, we'll intersect with, with real folks out there who um, you know, want the real thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like, it's, it's become such a mode that uh, is being reproduced by people. Even when they say that, like for example, the IWW or DSA, you know, completely ostensibly democratic member funded organizations. Um, they can put on events and do campaigns in a vacuum that you can say are like completely independent of any kind of uh, funding influence or any kind of philanthropy influence. But the people in these organizations exist in a society. We live in a society. And what? <laughs> no way. That's why we're Joker Joker fried, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know they're reproducing things that they saw from nonprofits and from like everything going back to like the New Left, which was you know funded by philanthropy and the CIA, um, and now we we are all programmed like oh this is activism this is how you do it, uh, so even though like we can f- form these formations that are like independent of the nonprofit industrial complex, we're still uh it's like i learned it from watching you you know that kind of thing you know the irony is like i just said nobody on breadtube is talking about the nonprofit industrial complex and i was like maybe there is and i just don't know so i just went on youtube to like search it and you know this the number two result is the the video of peter buffett on the laura flanders show (laughs) that's like yeah yeah yeah. Uh and it's like this motherfucker oh man yeah and maybe maybe just for listeners that aren't aware that that space commune made this whole video on that i i by the way i think yours is a lot better i think i mean to be fair i don't have like any real 
I just like threw together, I like got a free video making program. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like you guys are pretty good with like media production, but like your shit is just aesthetically really good. Like, I think, um, I'm just really glad that I'm really glad you made the NPIC. Like, I think, I feel like you made it, you made it, um, you made the one I, I, could I would have if I could have and I couldn't and yeah, it was well, like so it's we, like better you and I talked ways, about I yeah you and I talked about like when I first found your content and I like jumped on your discord and went on and mm -hmm. we were talking and, and I was sort of trying to fill you in on all the stuff that's happening here and I always said I always mm -hmm. sound like a tinfoil hat person where I'm like oh my god you won't believe there's a guy who lives here but <laughs> and but mm -hmm. you know you took me seriously which is very very kind of you <clears throat> and we talked about collaborating on like maybe a medium piece or something. And, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I still want to collaborate with you, but I just yeah. kind of went off and did my own thing, but I did take, yeah. like, I did use like the way you broke down the, the, um, the points, the examples in the yeah. book of, cause uh -huh. I was like, that was just really it was really pretty like it looked really good <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like man i wish i made it look that pretty i was like i don't know i don't know how, how. how video so i'm just going to take from slice's <laughs> video i'm going to take like yeah how he set this all up and be like actually we have an example of all of it because i think in your video you yeah. said like yeah. i could go into all the exam a bunch of examples but i'm not going to and i was like oh i'll i'll do it i'll go into some examples yeah you you went really you did really good with that but you know it's funny too because like i might actually i was thinking because i was like what videos i'm gonna make now i like i like said fuck you bread too i'm making a unionize your workplace video <laughs> and then i made a a fucking series and the thing is so i have this ocd thing where if i commit myself to a thing i like have to do it and even if i don't like it anymore um like i i set like year like multi-year plans like in the next five years i have to achieve this and then i like do it um which is i mean you know i you know toot my own horn like that's very that's like a good quality but it's also like kind of rigid or whatever so like i was like i'm gonna make a 10-part fucking series and i like wrote you know all the little parts out or whatever and you can kind of actually see steadily after the second or third thing it like it was like far less people watching um but i forgot what the fuck i was gonna say that I was thinking that, and then I just made the tenant one and like, that wasn't great, but um, I'm thinking of just making one called like the art of the one-on-one -on -one or something. It's like a very, like a short sort of organizing video. Um, but I was also thinking of making one calling like, like, like why I regret my nonprofit series or something. <laughs> um, and, and so, cause, cause kind of here's why, cause I think to be a little bit dialectical about it, I suppose there's like all the critiques we can have of the NPIC. And then there's also like, like who was it that I spoke to recently? Oh, is somebody from the Autonomous Tenants Union Network from a training that they put on the Omaha Tenants Union, which I really recommend. They do they do like monthly tenant organizing trainings. And I was on on the I stayed on for a while talking to the um, the person who did the training, and I was like, how do you talk about? Because like the the points of unity in in Autun Autonomous Tenants Union Network has. The word nonprofit, like what it's like the third or fourth thing, and it was just like we're autonomous from nonprofits as to avoid X, Y, and Z. Like we're just our own, we're tenants unions that are organizing and sort of creating a sort of federation, uh, independent of nonprofits and like government grants or whatever for this reason. And I was like, oh my God, that's so refreshing, that's so cool. Um, but I asked the person, how do you like explain that to people sometimes? Cause even in the tenants union that I'm in now that I sort of co-formed a few months ago, um, there have been some people, there was like one person that was like, well, 
you know, like, why don't we just, you know, why don't, because then we could get like some money and like, actually it wouldn't be, feel like we're always scrambling to get all this shit done. You'd have like paid staff person or whatever. And I was like, NBIC. And they were just like, you're intense and aggressive. And I was like, true, sorry, uh-huh. bad. Um, but like, so I, I went into it with this person and what they actually kind of explained to me was that they were like, well, you know, my, um, my parents immigrated from this country I know I'm kind of like white passing and stuff, but that's that's a thing. And my parents and their community from this this uh, this country um, have gotten a lot of benefit from a few nonprofits in our state where we live that work on X, Y, and Z. And those are like really really important things. Um, it is almost exclusively direct service work. It's like okay, you don't have your documentation. You don't have this and that. Okay, well, we're gonna like we have some services and stuff. We don't ask for social security numbers or any of that. And and we're run by people who like look like and speak a language of and et cetera, right? So it's like, okay, cool. So there's some direct service that's going on there that you really couldn't find otherwise. Maybe in a better, sort of more utopian society, like they're just that wouldn't be a thing. But um, and then also they were saying and they do a lot of advocacy. Um, like if you if you follow that like Jane McAlevey like sort of like then there's mobilizing then there's organizing, and this person was saying, you know, and they don't and they do a little bit of the mobilizing stuff, but they don't do the they don't so much do the organizing, but they were saying, there's a certain like like structure that the nonprofit world has created, where I live, that has created a sort of safe base for a certain constituency of people where there really wouldn't be anything otherwise without that. And that structure kind of provides that for them. And they serve as a base. If you think of base building, they serve as a base for their groups that are not nonprofits or maybe more communist type groups that can like go in there if they built trust with the nonprofits be like, yo, let's do this now to like improve everybody's lives. And I was like, okay, so that's like a, I was like, I don't know why I had to go so hard dissing nonprofits where it's like, you can kind of have a both and way of thinking, right? Like, I was even thinking with the tenancy. Well, anyway, oh yeah, I'll let you. I mean, th- that's the tricky thing, though, right? Is that it's mm-hmm. like a spoonful of of sugar that helps the medicine go down, and it's like yeah. that's why you can't even argue against nonprofits because they do provide some right. good and necessary things to people, and and people right. say, why would you shit on that? These are things that people need, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I want I want you to have things, and and I don't want you to have to like beg for these things and like mm-hmm. do all this means testing and whatnot it's almost like yeah. the the friendly employer right the the friendly mm-hmm. local uh you know mom and pop employer mm-hmm. it's harder to unionize against an employer that you like who, yeah. who who's seen as like more friendly um a do-gooder type like you know ben and jerry's is a great example of like they they've polish them their image so much they're like you know the hippies the liberal the like yeah that it, it makes it harder to almost harder to unionize against them because they're sure. seen as like why are you gonna like go against somebody who's who's doing good in this terrible terrible world you know mm-hmm. so um yeah yeah it's tricky to thread that needle and i think yeah. that's where we butted up against um sort of a, 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 that person on twitter who had an account that was kind of critical right. of the nonprofit industrial complex. And we yeah. were like, yes, we need to be critical of this, but you can't turn it into like a, well, anybody who is involved in any of that is just, you know, just terrible mm-hmm. and bad. It's like, no, a lot of people who are in work for nonprofits are in it because they do care because they like yeah. want to help and they see, but, you know, 
this is a, an avenue for, for helping people, but it's not, that's the problem though, is it's like manufacturing consent for people who would otherwise be more revolutionary. And it gets, yeah, it gets rough, uh, especially on the movement side where, uh, these nonprofits, you know, for example, I just saw like Bernie Sanders published a letter uh, calling for the $1,200 payments. And he had a list of co-signing organizations where it has, you know, all these organizations market themselves as like, we're these grassroots member led organizations that represent the will of the people. And, you know, all these like people are there ready to throw down for stuff. And you, but then you go through the list and you look at each one and you're like, these groups, like if these groups were real, then Bernie Sanders wouldn't have gotten steamrolled so hard in the primary uh, you know, for example, just for an example, like Sunrise or People's Action or um, what? what's another one? I, those were the two that came to mind. But like, yeah, you know, they're like, they're just their names on a piece of paper and they're a board or Working Families Party even. Mm-hmm. Their names on a piece of paper. They have a board, they have directors, they have workers, but they're not actually like there's not like enclaves of people out there that are like, yes, this is a people's action household. And like, we throw down for people's action and my whole block is people's action. Like there's none of that. It's, it's all just like marketing. And like, they're just, it's basically that list is a collection of email lists that can all send out uh, effective action network emails in support of this stimulus check, which I guess does something, but like it also, yeah. It's, it's all, you know, at some point you realize like, is this in the way or is this actually like doing something? And I know I'm talking about movement stuff versus like you brought up uh, direct service stuff, but. But that's still, yeah, but that's still, well, so, so, but to actually to, to, um, to extend what this person was saying in, in conjunction with both, what both y'all said, they're saying like, they, what he was aware of was that a lot of the folks within these nonprofits actually did engage in a lot of them actually did have revolutionary politics like he knew them personally and a lot of them engaged in some revolutionary shit sort of outside of what they did for work in that capacity and so i mean he was i think trying to humbly kind of let me know like you know it people might sort of play the nonprofit game but like it may not be what it seems necessarily and that and i guess I, like, and this is, so to me, it's just, it's depressing. So I feel like we, we have to have the critique of the NPIC if you're, if you're thinking about shit in that revolutionary way. But like, I guess I just, I started to think about it more and I was like, well, what would you expect, right? So if the NPIC, if the rise of the NPIC kind of came from everything else, like the neoliberal era, like, you know, late seventies, early eighties, like every, you know, every sector of the left was just like fucked, right? Like, um, communists were purged from from labor from faith communities from fucking every sector of uh the u.s um the best industrial jobs were like outsourced or automated and then you know what i mean and then it's like well what do you expect right and i I feel like a lot of what happened was that people went into like nonprofits, people went into academia and we're kind of just we're seeing like the results of that you know um, and I think that's a lot of, that's what a lot of us are bitching about constantly is just like, look at what this is, man. And so I think it's on some level, it's like a natural consequence of capital did what capital would do, of course. And 
the left kind of almost, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe the left during that time could have done better, but like, I feel like they guillotined us. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, like they took, they took the spark out of, out of everything. Like once you took the communists out of uh, all the centers of organizing, like you took the ideology, you took the motive, you took the the passion, um, you took the methods out, like Jane McAlevey is always talking about, like the methods within just the union and organizing sector, the methods of like, here's how you like extensively map shit and you find like, who's the organic leader and how, you're like, okay, if we need this one person on board, so you're gonna get 30 other people on board. It sounds manipulative, but like what two people should like go to lunch with them and like, you know, fucking try to convince them or whatever. Right. Like these were like methodological, like communists being like, we will not give up. Like we right. must win this because otherwise capital is going to kill us all. Building that was power. all fucking gone. It right. was all gone. It was all fucking taken out of our shit for decades. So well, I don't think anybody even yeah. knows how to imagine this stuff anymore. I mean, right. the, the other part of it, one part of it is that, you know, our imaginations just don't even know how to picture yeah. that kind of stuff anymore. The other yeah. part is that, um, the situation has changed so much like no yeah. a lot of people we don't have the same kind of in industry in this country anymore um mm. the same industrial sectors right. that we used to have where people just go and like are doing the labor and making you know producing things mm. there's a shitload of service uh unproductive labor um that people really can't organize as much um right. and then and things are going more and more in like an atomized direction where everything is turning right. into Uber and gig working economy. Um, Only I mean, fans and podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. And it's like depressing. Yeah. We're like fucking doing it right now. Yeah. It's like we're all doing it. Like everybody well, has a podcast or an OnlyFans at this point. So I'm like, th this is what I say all the time too. And I, you kind of said it before. I'm like, I only make videos as like a cope. I'm not fucking doing this. I'm not podcasting or like making videos to like make a career out of it because like, then I'll just be fucking miserable again. You know, like this shit just breeds fucking misery. And like, I don't fucking, yeah. but like, that's where everything's going. Right. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, it's all gig economy. We're all atomized workers. We're all individual right. like companies at this point. We're treated like individual contractors. And I've been doing yeah. contractor work. I have not been employed since 2012. I I've uh, actually had employees. I had employees yeah, yeah, for yeah. um, you know, like a year and a half. And it, mm. it sucked. Like you yeah. you people are you, there was a big you're not on Twitter anymore but there was like sort of a big discourse for a few days about amazon versus local you know small businesses and which one is better or worse the thing is i've been a small business owner and like in order to like succeed as a small business owner you have to be cutthroat even if you care about your employees you have to like be fucking cutthroat and you can't you cannot there's there's no such thing as yeah. being like a conscious like employer yeah. it's such a dream it's such a bullshit like thing that people think like oh if i was the boss i would do this and this and this and this you will yeah. you will fail i went into yeah. massive amounts of debt because i wanted mm -hmm. to be this like nice employer who fucking mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. took care of people and didn't give up on people and gave people a living wage and said i'm going to base a salary off of like what the rent goes for around here can't fucking yeah. do that anymore but it, mm -hmm. it's 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 it sucks. It's, it's, yeah. it's an exploitative system and, and you have to, if you're going to be an employer, you have to 
participate and exploit people, even if you're the kindest, gentlest person out there. Yeah, that's that's been one of many sources of my most recent bouts of depression is that like, and this is, um, oh man, it's like a big rabbit hole, but like not knowing like, there's an element of like the capitalist realism thing there, but like also because it's, it's, it's not, well, I've never actually read, read the book, but um, I like reference, I feel like everybody that's like in the sort of left milieu online is like, will reference the book, but no one's read it. The um, Mark, Mark Fisher's, the Mark Fisher book. Cause yeah. I just, everybody that's read it is like, yeah, it's like every, it's like everything you have to read it, like explains everything. But um, is that like the, the problems are so massive at this point, this, the thing that I do get depressed and, and I have like friends that are really into like permaculture and that kind of stuff. And, um, and I feel like the collapse, the collapse concept sometimes gets me because it is really hard to actually see something other than just like, you know, sixth extinction collapse, like our energy system, like all those things kind of happening. And then sometimes I'm like, wait, so what am I involved in that I think is going to prevent that and make the world a better place? Like workers having control over their work, like, wait, why does that matter? And that's, so anyway, that's just me sort of like expressing this, um, this, this, this wall. Existential dread. Yeah. Yeah. And this thing that almost sometimes goes toward this almost nihilism. I'm just like, is there any way, like how, what a fucking narcissist must I be and all these others be to, to think that, if we just believe in something together, yeah. yeah, collectively, collectively, then like it'll magical shit will happen or something. And sometimes I just I zoom out a little bit and I go like, is that even cons- like feasible? Like, you know, can we put the brakes on this shit at all at this point? And I don't know. So anyway, that's mine. Welcome no, to the I- post left, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you yeah, much better so. here, kid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get, I get called, I get called a nihilist and a pessimist all the time, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I'm a fucking optimist. If I was a pessimist, mm-hmm. if I was a pessimist, if I was a nihilist, I would just mm-hmm. be making fucking money. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I thought fucking, about that. Just I like working for a bank or something. Yeah. 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 I'm like, uh, yeah, but it is, it, th- you yeah. get to that point where you're like, but that's the thing, right? Is we kind of have to surrender to this idea that like, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever happens, however, we f- eventually get to this breaking point, it can't ever come from like a single individual. It's never, we, we're, mm-hmm. uh, we're caught up in this ideology of where we believe that like, there's just going to be this one person that emerges with a great idea. And people are always like, well, what's your solution? And I'm like, I don't know. The point is that like, we have to figure it out together that no, mm-hmm. no one person has this solution that eventually mm-hmm. all of the, the conditions will get there and we'll reach a point we'll reach a breaking point where it's mm-hmm. like holy shit we'll have that like moment where we all i mean i hope i don't know or maybe maybe it all just burns down i don't know yeah yeah i do think that like having hope well it's 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 like a almost this is a other weird sort of left field thing but um the sort of uh who was it there are two people recently that were saying like you know the one thing that like was devoid of like marxism the traditional marxism was like spirituality and I remember I used to kind of roll my eyes at that and just be like, who cares? Materialism, man, fuck it. And recently I've been thinking about this in, in the sense of like, like I feel like, cause you do have to have sort of faith in something. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, just, just like wake up and like do things. You have to have a faith in something. Like you have to have faith in like tomorrow will come and yeah. 
tomorrow will be maybe better than today. And you know, you can kind of go down the, the list, but like um, whatever that faith is, is pretty, um, a lot of, a lot, you know, a lot depends on whatever that faith is, is made of like um, in terms of like life practices and, and beliefs in your head and stuff. And, and so, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, it's just thinking, okay, well, if like, if we need things in society, we don't need all the same things that we have today. Like we don't even need these fucking stupid devices that we're using to record, you know, a lot of this bullshit is just like stupid at this point. And we're just, it's just sold to us. But if we need things, um, we don't like the idea of slavery. Okay. All right. That's a good start. Um, we don't like the idea of like mean people making other people do things they don't want to do. Okay. Good start. So how would, how would the things be produced? You know what I mean? You can just kind of go down that line and go mm -hmm. like, so yeah, like workplace democracy would be pretty good. Like sort of neighborhood democracy, you know, councils of, of neighbors and, and tenants and workers and all of this shit would like, nah, that's, that's, that probably would be a better thing. So I don't know, I guess like even practicing that faith um, in the, in the various ways that it's a struggle to even try to me, even if there were a collapse scenario that we could survive, if anybody were able to survive it, taking that faith into that new world, I think would probably be a better way to go. You know? Yeah, I think like spirituality, faith, the, the art, things like this, just this human spirit kind of stuff is totally missing. There's a big gaping yeah. hole that people are and people are trying to fill that void with things like you know entertainment sports celebrity this like sort of parasocial you know yeah and movements too i mean i think yeah. people believe in movements now and i think that's mm. part of part of why uh you know fox you get accused of being a nihilist because you're bursting you're you're telling them that superman is racist you know you're telling them it's like that kind that same reaction that someone has about like oh actually marvel is like problematic or something you're telling them like oh you're actually your movement is like happening because a billionaire thinks it's a good idea and there's mm -hmm. this whole universe yeah. of people now that is selling that billionaire selling them a product and then also selling a product to the masses it's an experience copium. they're, they're yeah. selling an experience this is what and this is what millennials like right is like yeah. they they, they like experiences, experiences. <laughs> yeah i know and right? instagram they love like taking pictures of themselves experiencing things on instagram yeah they're, is, we can you it doesn't take long to, to think about that and like oh what was going on this summer where like hmm. white liberals were sold this experience and even like i mean i don't know if slice if you've seen these articles that came out but like mm -hmm. numerous black lives matter chapters have uh, stepped forward very bravely with almost mm -hmm. no coverage uh mm -hmm. to say like hey 10 billion dollars was raised for like mm -hmm. the black lives matter network over the summer uh these communities mm -hmm. on the ground the literal like people on the ground that everyone talks mm -hmm. about they're mm -hmm. saying like we're not seeing this money we don't have any say in how it's spent mm -hmm. and there's just no, an yeah. you know, for there's no answer from yeah. the national organization and then the white liberals that, yeah. you know, that were big allies all summer, like, you know, they're not saying anything about it either because they have no, yeah. nothing up to this point has prepared them to even have like an analysis of what to do at this moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, I cut you off, Fox. You were making a bigger point, but. Was I? No, I'm just, oh. I'm just listening. <laughs> Here's vibing. There's so many points yeah. that you could go, so many directions you could go in with this, but I mean, yeah. the, the original sort of idea is that this lack of sort of, 
you know, it's so much of a focus on this, like just hard material reality. And it's like, but material reality fucking sucks and people want to escape it. <laughs> and like, that's, yeah, yeah. that's where we're fucking like losing is because the capitalists are like, Oh, it's a fucking opportunity. Let's fucking like make some money here. And, yeah, and yeah. like, I'm yeah, that's, but that's the tricky part. Right. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, my last yeah. video was about like how, being you know the left is just a whole other market right mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. we're not yeah, actually that was a good one we're not thank you we're not actually like escaping any of this we're just creating mm -hmm. new marketplaces and uh I yeah don't yeah yeah i don't fucking i don't know what the fuck to do <laughs> we're all um, just like i don't know fuck i, I wanted to, well, i wanted to ask you actually about uh -huh. um you know this kind of ties into this whole conversation like what did you think about were you following the whole portland eviction defense thing that happened and, mm -hmm. i um, well actually only marginally so i have like a, I, I can't tell if, if this should be more a point of pride or shame but usually anything that i i sort of categorize a little bit as like protest porn in my head i <laughs> tend to stay away from because i don't really think i almost think it becomes this sort of it becomes a sort of spectacle for those that are like within that sort of demographic of like people that are sort of anarcho whatever they're just like fuck yeah a cop got blown to pieces in the streets and i'm like yeah and you're not doing anything you're not yeah, doing so. anything like you're just clicking a fucking thing right like who yeah. gives a fuck what the fuck happened to the cop like great like are you are you gonna go fucking blow up a cop in the streets no you're not gonna do shit like <laughs> you know what i mean you're just gonna keep scro scrolling that's just i just built a resentment it's also resentment to my older i think like 10 years ago i was more like that and over time i came to hate that i wasn't really doing enough so anyway um, with that, yeah, it was cool. I mean, within our tents union, a couple people were like, "Yeah, look at what Portland's doing," and I'm always just like, "Yeah, look, always look at what Portland's doing." Like, or 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 like, I don't know. If you're in like some podunk fucking town in Ohio, and you're like, "Man, look at all those people in New York," and it's like, "Yeah, New York has like 10 trillion people, and a history of like fucking communist Jews like doing everything that you can imagine so anyway so that, that's just my fucking bitterness coming out but it, it seemed it was like a cool thing i mean the the last like pictures i saw where it was literally people and i just i wonder sometimes in terms of like actually building the capacity for that kind of shit where it's like how do you get that many people who can either take off work or they've somehow occupied homes or maybe they're just living off of their parents or maybe they're trust fund kids or they're on social security income or i don't know what it is for one somehow, family well, exactly. Like, how is it you can get that many people to go and like block a street, fuck up the cops, build well, up barricades, exactly. spray paint everything? Like, it is impressive. I'm like, that's impressive, but I, it's hard for me to sometimes wrap my head around. But why don't we do that for the capacity building? Why doesn't it happen for every single eviction? And because I'm sure there's more than just that one case in in Portland. Well, you you so I think that it's it's yes for every. But that's the capacity question, right? Like if we, if none of us had jobs and if, and if it was just like, whatever, man, I'll just get out of jail tomorrow. No big deal. I don't have any priors. I have my papers. I have, I don't have a health issue where like jail will kill me if I'm in there for more than a week or whatever. Like if, if it were actually pocket, like enough people, you could actually go one by one and stop every eviction. You could stop right. every deportation. And that would be you dope. Do, you could, yeah, you could do all the Superman shit, leftist Superman shit you wanted, but like, <laughs> nobody has the time like nobody has the time for that exactly. shit you know what i mean like right. like and 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 the people who do i think well the thing that pisses me off is that the, the people that do just don't give a fuck right like they're just spending their, their their free time on like hedonism but like so you know whatever um to each their own man free country free free um um but i thought it was a good example where like you could i think in theory you could i think you can make a case for like if you do one 
really big, um, high risk, intense, extremely high like media attention, direct action like that, it can sort of, I don't wanna say ripple effects in like the woo woo way, but it can like, like it, can, it could scare, it could scare uh, the, the law enforcement and the judicial system into wondering, are they gonna do this to the next one? Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that's a good thing. No, you know? to- totally, exactly. Yeah. And I think that, that that's where it could work but that's the thing is that it doesn't you see these things that happen yeah. and they're it's always a one-off it's mm-hmm. always a one-off mm-hmm. and then it like there was moms for housing earlier this year yeah and, yeah. and i remember i was so like i was like yeah hell yeah you know i was like yeah yeah you guys are fucking doing it man solidarity yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. then i realized oh fuck like nothing came of that like they just mm-hmm. they just turned into another nonprofit, which is funded by novo <laughs> and yeah yeah you know, like it's this is just like it's these are manufactured spectacles and i mean Mm. they're they're kind of pornographic for for people like us who like want that little sliver of hope we're like oh yes you know like we're doing it we're like finally but i wouldn't sorry to interrupt you no No, you're 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 being you're 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 being charitable to them which is good well it's (laughs) i so maybe you followed the monster housing closer that more closely than I have I I wouldn't go that far to say like like I I think you can you know we can we can throw things into that framework like it's another sort of um it's another spectacle for another demographic right and like in that sense it's like certain people doing certain types of direct action with not a huge amount of like long-term material outcomes you could you could argue like okay yeah there's a certain um they're sort of posing on Instagram or like going to, going to, going to jail for days, like just a way, another way of posing on Instagram to get clicks or whatever. Yeah. Like you can sort of say that. Um, but I, I do think, I don't know if it, well, there was moms for, cause I actually think moms for housing has actually kind of sparked a movement. I think it, I don't remember if it started in LA or Oakland, but there was the one in, um, was it Philadelphia? Um, there was one where they, then they occupied vacant homes was it one vacant home that was actually owned by the the housing authority that then they they forced the i think the local municipal government to basically fork the fucking public housing that was vacant over to the community land trust to then give to these moms i think there was one place that was like that and i think that like but that wasn't the first moms for i think there's been two or three or four moms for housing type actions that is like I think mostly black moms or like poor and women of color whatever moms so um I think like sometimes there can be a sort of movement momentum aspect to these actions but I also like I I can't keep things in my head as straight as I'd like so I don't know if this is but I I do know like I, I, what I think would be cool though is just for the let if there'd be more like you know if you could get the contrapoints types to figure out some way to get people to like become a little more strategist minded um, instead of just like get a plus as an English class minded because I think that is like the the general that's usually people are like oh this is like a like like con- like contrapoints is like she's getting an A on her on her English paper every she's, every video you know what I mean like she's, that's why she's good because she's good at what yeah. she she's good at what she does which is producing content and like 
talking about philosophical things. She and it is, have, it's she good. Have like any, she's good. Like I'll she never did, really shit on so, her. Oh, yeah, I, I was, I was oh, shitting totally. on her for a while, but like, she's fucking cool. Like, no, totally. I, I have yeah. tons of respect. I think she's yeah. super talented. She's influenced me, you know, um, artistically. I think yeah. she's, she's a brilliant person. She seems like yeah. a, a kind human being. I have yeah. nothing negative to say about her. Th- that being yeah. said, I don't think she, she has experience like, like, you and I mm-hmm. have experience with actually like organizing tenants, seeing mm-hmm. the contradictions up front and doing and like getting, mm-hmm. you know, on the ground. It's so hard to find people who, yeah. who do all that, who are good at making content and are popular, yeah. but also yeah. have all this like worldly knowledge of, of you know, how organizing works yeah. and, and how from a very deep level too, and understanding mm-hmm. that it's not just this superficial um, sort of we, mm-hmm. we show up. And it's our volunteer. We feel good at the end of the day and we get to go home to our nice, comfortable houses and feel like we made a difference in the world. Like it's, there's, there's so many layers and you have to really get, get in the dirt to see how much of an industry this stuff is, this organizing and and activist stuff. I don't want to lose the thread that we were on a little bit, but like, I think what, what I'm getting at, I guess with Momster housing or the red house mm. in mississippi or whatever like yeah. I, it's like we're talking about them like they're different movies or something where it's like <laughs> oh that one you know the ending wasn't that good well, or whatever. Well, yeah. but uh, um and that's what I, I think what i'm getting at and mm-hmm. if you look back you know you mentioned you mentioned the 70s and how things kind of deteriorated from then I, i've been starting to like really look into this stuff about how even the civil rights struggles that we know of that by name like rosa parks mm-hmm. stonewall mm-hmm, these were mm-hmm. spectacles that at the like they almost invent maybe there maybe there's stuff before that but like starting then that's when it really started to become into like this professional mm-hmm. spectacle like rosa parks mm-hmm. she wasn't just some lady that sat down on a bus and refused to leave she mm-hmm. trained for months and it was like completely mm-hmm. orchestrated for um you know there had been other like actions before then that had been more grassroots but we don't even know their names anymore these people are gone stonewall the same thing there there were other uh gay Mm -hmm. riots and raids um Mm -hmm. at clubs and stuff like that stonewall Mm -hmm. was just the one that was start from start to finish organizers were like this is the spectacle that people are going to remember and this is the spectacle that we're going to commemorate nationally Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it kind of snowballed into like uh parades you know in new york city and then in other places and I think somewhere along the way, like with the, with, you know, these spectacles worked then, and then there was this explosion mm-hmm. in money. And yeah. now like things have gotten so marketized to the point where these spectacles are create, you know, from start to finish, there's an understanding. It's like professional wrestling. Like, yeah, we know yeah. it's like hyper real, but it's also not real. And then yeah. it's something that people like consume and gives them hope. And sometimes it has material benefits for like the mm-hmm. people directly involved in it, which is good. Mm-hmm. But then in terms of being mm-hmm. repeatable, and I think this is like mm-hmm. what your latest video, you know, going back to Jane McAlevey is so valuable. Um, these spectacles also kind of work against people because they see the wrestling on TV and then they try to go do it themselves. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. The reason, you know, the reason why I saw those that perfect scenario where it's a black indigenous family and it's on democracy now and 
they have a website ready to go and they're ready to accept mm. a quarter million dollars to buy the house. Uh, it's all because it's all like set up to do that. And it's not, mm. it's actually hurting normal people's ability mm. to organize in their real life because they're like, they just, they're fed this like diet of spectacles, you know, from yeah. their entire lives. Um, so uh, that, that's, yeah. that, then that's where like, I don't have a, I don't have any problem whatsoever with like the people that were there or yeah. any of the nonprofits that definitely like were involved that then were able to like inspire anarchists and whatnot to show up mm. and do stuff, put their bodies in line. Awesome. Go off. But I do <laughs> think that there's like a systemic thing going mm. on um, where we're being trained to like think that that's it. And then, you know, we don't have any ability like, well, or, and, you know, and, yeah. And to fetishize direct action, which is something that I feel like I'm only now over the last couple of years, like maturing into a little bit more of like a, I want to, I want to say seasoned socialist or something. Maybe not. That's not quite right. But like, I, I mean, y'all know what I like in the, like the protest porn thing. Like when You've I feel like every, every, well, everybody, everybody like in their twenties at a certain point, if you're on the left, like identified as, as an anarchist at some point usually in your earlier 20s yeah and there was an aesthetic and there you know what i mean it's like a generic it's like a you know there's zines and shit and yeah. you know fuck you dad like, yeah it's got that yeah, yeah, rebellious like kid because kinda. it's yeah because it's like authorities authorities bad or whatever right. hierarchies you know like these score like not hugely well thought out things but like they seem really sort of emotionally like pure or something yeah um and so yeah i think i think there's something I'd never really, I, the stuff you're saying, Alex, I'm going to have to like sleep on for a while and maybe do more reading and stuff. But like, I hadn't quite put together the, because to me, the fetish, the fetishization of direct action to me is also, I've heard people use the term radical. They'll be like, oh, like my, I had a friend that was like, um, I said something, he's like, he's like, oh, so, oh, I'm not radical enough for you, huh? slicey because all my friends call me slicey um he's like oh i'm not radical enough for you and i was like because i was like he's like oh because I, I don't want to go like blow up the building or chain myself to the fucking whatever and i was like and i i like thought about this and i was just like uh i remember an a, a much wiser organizer trainer person said to me a while back they were like um tactics aren't radical because like they were like yeah so you can chain yourself to a thing or you can like blockade a pipeline or whatever but the tactics aren't radical. Like, like, what do we mean when, so sometimes people like think, oh, if it's, if it's like, if you're harming a cop, if you're destroying property, if you're wearing all black and no one can see your face, oh, like it's radical or something. <laughs> and so we we'll go, why? Like, because it's, it's, and so it's like, because it has the most attention points in the spectacle game, mm. that, is that what makes it more just, radical? It's pure aesthetic. I think it's just, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just a more aesthetic thing. Um, but I had never really thought about, I mean, with the Stonewall thing, so Jade McAlevey and some others, um, who was it? There was somebody that was actually a little bit of a whistleblower, I think, within the national 350.org world at a certain point that was talking about, and this is, there's a little bit of an id poll thing here, but it was like, oh, they're sort go. of like, they're trying to get, they're trying to get like indigenous women into leadership now to then just like tell us what to do to like talk about the carbon to get the donations they're for 350 or it was like a sort of it was like a something dot blogspot.com thing but it like circulated when i was in like the climate justice world for a while like it kind of circulated mm. around a little bit was it another kind it, of green like cory morningstar oh fuck actually that might be it 
yeah there was that because there were a few things similar to that that started started kind of coming out of that world that was saying like this is basically a bunch of like middle upper class white people that have just already set the agenda for what the climate stuff is going to be and they're using us as props but this person also um then was networked in with um somebody that um a sociology phd friend who said that his um his colleague in the in the sociology department their whole thing was actually studying this and it was what you just described alex which is the basically paying a bunch of money to like pay protesters to show up to pay staff to do like all this shit and jay michael levy has talked about how once the sort of communist purge occurred that this is the model that replaced even in the labor union sector um like from unions to nonprofits to whatever kind of sector you want to look at it like making change that it became a sort of they realized like well look so um if you can create enough of a spectacle of like change happening in whatever the mode is that's popular at the time right like like right now black lives matter is in a certain moment um like if you can get look what was it i that thing came into my feet on youtube it was a it was like YouTube, YouTube, Google, Google itself, youtube.com or whatever is now having like Black Lives Matter stuff. And there was a thing of, um, I don't think it was Alicia Garza. It was one of the other founders um, had Patrice, this whole- Patrice or Patrice Core Colors. Yeah. Like where there was this big thing where they set up a bunch of beds in front of the county courthouse or something in LA. And it was like high quality, they followed them around setting up the whole thing and then got their bullhorns and stuff. Um, and then they were negotiating with the cops. And I was like, wait, how? So it was like YouTube showing people this like crazy skeptical uh, thing, don't build a new jail in LA. And I was like, well, that's a pretty cool thing. But like, how is it that they got like one of the co-founders from BLM, they just set up like a hundred fake beds in the middle of a street with traffic and then they got a whole bunch of people out there. And I was like, how the fuck? Like that, that's that like a, that opens that's society's. a high production. <laughs> that's like a production. You know what I mean? Like, that's like a, that's like a movie set, you know, like, so they must've raised like tens or hundreds of, I don't know how much money. Um, yeah. No, they, they have it. It takes money to do things like this. I think a lot of people don't realize that. that but I don't know. The other thing is, I don't know if that was going to result at all. Like, is that actually going to sway the decision makers on whether or not to get the new jail. Like that's the other effectiveness question. And also you have to wonder, uh, they're working in coalition. I know this happened with the New York city jail mm -hmm. stuff, uh, where some of the nonprofits that were getting that open societies foundation check, they were advocating for, you know, in concert with the government, they're they were saying no new jails, but they were, they had like a a more centrist position and mm -hmm. it really fucked over some of the people like, that on the you know abolitions kind of side mm -hmm. uh but they had the optics of like being the abol you know fully abolitionist yeah. and it's it's all yeah. like a marketing thing um i also yeah, yeah. That, you brought up um sorry i covered like six things in yeah. one rant <laughs> no um they're just paying for stuff but oh, i don't oh yeah. you brought up the uh the indigenous issue too um which is super interesting because I just learned, uh, and this is a segue, but uh, I just learned, you know, from the AOC Jimmy Dore discourse, uh, mm. Jimmy Dore was getting dunked on by Josh Fox. Josh mm. Fox was uh, being a, you know, a uh, pick me ass bitch for AOC <laughs> and really like uh, defending her against Jimmy Dore. And, you know, obviously it's like a clout thing, but 
Uh, Jimmy Dore shared a, th a thing about Josh Fox, who is the filmmaker who did a movie about Gasland. He's also yeah, the fracking guy. Yeah, he's the fracking guy. That is yeah. his brand. Uh, and he's a big Nova Foundation guy. He's come on the radio station here a few times. He was part of canceling the Michael Moore film that was critical of the nonprofit industrial complex. Um, but it turns out, I guess he he is one of those people where it's very clear, like he he leveraged a woman's story, an indigenous woman's story, um, to make to get a film made where he got he raised like a quarter million dollars from the Nova Foundation. Uh, so, you know, this anti-fracking film is all wrapped in like, oh, the indigenous, you know, indigenous essentialism, basically. And, you know, it delivered this very specific product that a lot of people want to hear is that, you know, putting the late, putting it on indigenous people to basically save the world. Um, and it turned out like he totally screwed over this, this woman who, um, you know, she basically wasn't compensated and was said that Josh Fox was gaslighting her, uh, ironically. And um, she reached out to the Novo Foundation, you know, because they are, they're in the forward of decolonizing wealth. Like they are marketed as, you know, we are the decolonizing foundation. Uh, she reached out to them and basically like they boiled, they said, it's just like a, he said, she said kind of thing. And, um, you know, she had to like fuck off basically. And because like it, it goes back to the spectacle thing where like people, they don't care how it's, how the sausage is made. They just want to have that feeling of like, oh, it's like, you know, whether it's like a film, oh, the indigenous people know the way they're going to save us or, oh, uh, systemic racism, such a problem. We have to like stand up and say something. Oh, this family's getting evicted. We have to do something. Yeah. Um, they don't actually like want to do it. They want to watch a thing about other people doing it. Mm -hmm. And they're not interested in like, you know, if it's happening down the street, they're like, it's oh, not well. even, it's not <laughs> even about them wanting it's they, they don't, that's the mode that we operate in and they don't understand how to operate outside of that mode. So these people might inherently feel like, yes, our system is unjust and black people have it bad and that's terrible and it should be figured out things like that, you know, just. Um, but they don't know, yeah. they don't know how to achieve the only way they know how to operate is how the system dictates and the system mm -hmm. dictates that by consuming things, by, you know, donating, by watching, by putting a lawn sign out, this is how you make change happen. So the system dictates how these things, they can even exercise these feelings out of themselves. I, yeah yeah well something this just this is a yeah just making me think of like so when i was really into the climate stuff worked really hard on some like fossil fuel divestment campaigns and then that evolved into well basically so like i'd worked really hard to get like our city council like lined up um i'd say this is like probably the most sort of like um i learned the most from this activity of having to like call up get meetings like in-person meetings um, lots of emails and phone calls and then talking to the city staff and like, try, you know, we had seven city council members and it's like, well, you need four out of, you know, four, if you get four, then you can get them to divest um, or at least commit to divest or even pass a fucking symbolic resolution. And then you get a news headline and then, and then Bill McKibben will, you know, fucking post it on Twitter or whatever. And I don't really know exactly what the end game was for me when I was into this stuff back then. Um, but then like, 
shit like shit there was like a lull and then dapple popped up and then i rekindled the relationships i had with city council after some others i, I and i i should right now and i should have back then like been more humble and to say like there were some others that were more kind of like indigenous activist types um that were pushing on the dapple stuff but then i sort of swooped in a little bit and i was like hey like i know all the city council members still from two years ago like let's get them to divest and it worked but the, the point i was going to make on the indigenous stuff is that um i feel a little bit bad still now because i um i did not like um, there were some relationships I made with three indigenous folks in particular, two who were like, I mean, older, I'm not gonna say elders, I don't think they're considered elders is like a thing. People like throw the word around. Um, it's supposed to mean something specific. They're just like older women. Um, one of whom was also like a nurse, <laughs> um, that like did like unionizing stuff back in the day. And the other one is like a devout Catholic. And there's like very interesting human beings, but like, I, I only realized somewhat recently how much I kind of used them in a way to achieve this sort of egoist uh, thing of getting the city to divest uh, holdings associated with Dapple when Dapple was really big because of the spectacle of it, right? And that like, I'm not friends with them. I've never really checked in with them. Um, and this is a really, 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 really small scale version of what you guys are talking about. But I think like, there's there's such an allure i mean even now like i don't know i kind of wonder what must it be like to be like black right now if you're like one or two employees in like a 50 employee workplace where everybody is saying black lives matter like what must it be like you know what i mean to just be like these people don't fucking care about me like because yeah, they don't because they don't like they don't care about you as a person they care about you as an idea of a person yes exactly. because of a skeptic because of a spectacle that yes. is almost forcing you out of guilt and like an ideological like cornering for you to have to appear as if you care about certain people yes when like you've never asked them what the fuck they're eating for lunch in the lunchroom whatever like you never cared before right like that must be so psychologically weird to be in that position totally i yeah and i think i've, I've heard angie refer to it as like this sort of gilded cage that they want to put people in this sort of like gilded cage they like want to sort of like pedestalize yeah. but it's like it's fucking also like nasty mm. racism in just in directed in the other direction yeah it's like, so weird it's yeah. turning people into like you're just looking at them based off of this one identity marker and it's mm. it's gross like what yeah. like people don't want to be treated that way people want to be treated as like human beings you know like yeah. we don't want to be but like and i want to give a shout out really yeah. quick to uh cedric michael simmons uh who he goes on Twitter mm -hmm. as racecraft skeptic. Uh, he's a professor at Ithaca mm -hmm. and Boston College. Uh, he's like a class unity guy, and he's done a lot of writing. Oh, right. Really great work about, um, you know, if you're a black person in a workplace, would you rather have anti or uh, anti racism trainings in the workplace, or would you rather be supported in forming a union? Like, which one is going to materially benefit your interests more? Right. Um, is it going to be like a white fragility for training where everyone uh -huh. is like thinking about your race and every single interaction yeah. that they have with you? Right. Or would you rather have like be part of a union where you can get benefits and stuff like that? So I just want to cut in yeah. and say that really quick. We should have him on the pod sometime. He seems That'd like be a cool dope. dude. Yeah. Um, if you'll come I, on our lowly little <laughs> podcast here. I would, I, would I would imagine it being this weird double-edged. So I guess it depends though. I forgot where the fuck did I read this thing? It may have actually been a class unity I think it was a class unity article that was like, why are black people never considered the working class or something like that? 
and it was, I don't think it was by Cedric, it was by somebody else in Class Unity, but um, it was, well, it was about that. Talking about, yeah. Well, yeah. So like when people say working class, they're, they're not, they're not talking about black people for some, for some reason, like there's black people and then there's like working class and there's like, they're separate. They're like not supposed to overlap for some reason. Like that was what the whole article was about. Um, and all the like labor centered struggles that have been led by black people are like often like, oh, those are, that's a black people struggle. And it's, well, why can't it be like a worker struggle, right? Yeah. The, like, the article a really, yeah. Why is it never class struggle when black workers fight back? I think yeah, the, yeah. yeah yeah i thought it was a good it's just like a headline is kind of all you need but like the, the article's good but in that same vein like i forgot if it, if it was that person or something else i read recently that was like why is it that um how has there become this shift away from what you do is kind of who you are and like who you are is who you like who your you know aesthetic features like sort of who you want to fuck or don't mm, like yeah. like how how is it that that has actually become the totality of who people are yeah. and what people actually fucking do for work or like what they do with their time not being like who they are you know like it used to be very prideful, prideful to be like i work in this you know this is what i do or whatever um and now it's it's this interesting thing where it's almost viewed if you're like oh what do you do for a living but it's like oh, that's cap that's so capitalist or whatever yeah um right we're just like oh, why do we have to talk about like what we do for a living where it's like well like because that's that's sort of a, a more labor-centered um form of identity quote-unquote it's like what do you do like what do you do with your hands like what kind of shit do you type on your computer or whatever um that's that's kind of just fallen to the wayside and now it's like, oh, okay, so you're black. Oh, you're gay. Oh, you're like, you're trans. Okay, so now I can kind of like compute how to see you now, right? Like, right. Now I can. Um, I have to view. Now you I can go through all the assumptions. Lens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. While saying that you shouldn't make assumptions, but like now I can go through all these like matrices <laughs> yeah. of of assumptions about you. Right. Um, right. It's so I guess that we can connect. To, yeah, it's encouraging people to like view yeah. you in a yeah. It's so backwards. It's, it is really weird. I mean, yeah, I, I can't talk to anyone until I hear their skull measurements. And, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> craniology assessment. You know, so I know how I know oh what god. level to like engage with them on. Well, we're going there. If we're That's now, really you're gonna funny. get called a Nazbol on Reddit. But I'm doing something That's right. Good. I feel like we we went yeah. in like a weird direction. But what were we talking? How do I we have get no here? fucking idea. Nonprofits are good. And <laughs> nonprofits unions, are good, actually. Unions are bad and nonprofits are good and uh, Black Lives Matter. You know, I mean, another example that comes to mind about this is uh, we, you know, we had a, a struggle with our attendance union that we organized with uh, where th there was a group of tenants that organized themselves and uh, they reached mm -hmm. out to the, the tenants union. They were on the verge of getting mm -hmm. evicted. They, they did get evicted, um, but mm. they basically were getting totally screwed over. Uh, mm. The town had like targeted their property for redevelopment. Um, and then magically the building inspector was like, oh yeah, this, this place is condemned. You guys all have to leave. So it's just this like very clean cut, like fucked up thing that was happening. And, um, you know, what happened was like, it was the real thing. It was like a real eviction defense that was tenant led like there was no errors about it about it being like a manufactured spectacle but we didn't they didn't want to use their identity like because they were like their last name was you know rodriguez it was like do you do you guys want us to like market this as like oh, a latinx 
family is being evicted. They would be like, what the fuck is Latinx? Right, they'd be like, right. They'd, they'd be like, like what the fuck Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, so they didn't want that. And it actually, I, th- I mean, I think it didn't hurt them specifically, but it did, it did hurt the amount of like play that it got you know, yeah. in the media and in like social media where people started critiquing it and saying that, you know, picking at it and saying it was problematic for this reason or that reason. Um, Wait, the use of Latinx or not the use of Latinx? They, did, they didn't use it because- Yeah, they, yeah. It didn't- but then, but then they got critiqued for not using it? Well, no, they got or critiqued. They, it got nitpicked um, for uh-huh. other reasons because like the tenants were being aggressive uh-huh. towards the cops and they were- Oh, oh, oh. And they also criticize well, the nonprofits. Alex, you're saying that they didn't they didn't even bring up their racial identity right, right. as yeah. a thing. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying if if they ha- I wonder if they had, had done that, that they may have been treated better because of how like trained everyone is for that. But the thing is like you shouldn't have to, because like they were getting totally screwed over by mm-hmm. on every level, like between the government, nonprofits, and their landlord. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. they, they shouldn't have had to do that. And, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't. And like, they, because they call the shots, they were organizing it. Like, um, yeah. but I have to, I have to wonder if they had done that, it's kind of a Trump card that like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it gets, it gets you, you know, it definitely gets you things. Um, I, well, I want to, Yeah. It's in yeah. poll. It's in poll, man. And it's stupid. And I think that there's a, we're getting to a point now where there's a real line in the sand that's getting drawn, right? Where people are like, no, this is bull, this is bullshit. And some people are like, just going heavy into that there. I think there's just like a, a very sort of like liberal audience, you know, and I, I hate like reducing people down to their political identities, but like people who are indoctrinated into very yeah. liberal ideologies who mm-hmm. kind of see idpol as the furthest left kind of avenue mm-hmm. and they don't see anything mm-hmm. further than that and there's yeah. that's sort of this line that's that's been drawn and that's where you know people who are sort of politically on the left and it's i mean it is silly to even divide divided up into left and right and like oh we're we're right next door to the liberals we're so far away from the conservatives i have a i have a big problem with that too because i think that it it isn't like that i think that that is bullshit i think that there's a lot of sort of people who seem more conservative in their politics but it's this superficial neoliberal conservative conservatism that they see and it's all just it's manufactured culture war shit. And when you talk yeah. to somebody who might say, oh, I voted for Trump or I'm a Republican X, Y, Z, but then you talk to them about just real material issues and they will agree with you on stuff that is like like literally like communist type, Marxist type of issues. They'll say, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. You just don't say, you don't call it that. And then they'll, yeah. they'll agree with you. Or if you, you could get back around to it if you build enough trust. But I, I think like, I remember, yeah, when I was, uh, failingly trying to unite my workplace, one of the most reliable people I came across was um, a woman who had voted for Trump. Um, and, you know, because there's something else I've been kind of struggling with recently is like the, um, I think like, I mean, Caleb Maupin or however you say his name, like maybe would have been, or mm-hmm. there also was a, what's the dude from Zero Books, that concept that kind of came out of the last few months of like, can you be sort of like, 
um, sort of economically left-wing and like socially conservative, um, which I thought was like, I'd never really come across that concept. Like I always thought like on the left, you're just supposed to be like a fucking weirdo. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just yeah. like, you're supposed to like wear weird clothes and like- Well, I mean, we are, we are weirdos, so yeah, it makes sense, um, right? <laughs> but like, but there is supposed to be this sort of like lifestyle and aesthetic alternativism. Um, and so like, I think, uh, Khaled, how do you say his name? Caleb? Caleb. 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 Like, I actually, like, I know, like, the whatever sphere, the serfs and the thought slimes and them have been, like, shitting on him. But, like, I really like that he always wears a suit. Like, I actually think that's really amazing. Like, yeah. Where, like, there's certain people that he can connect to that, like, I can't if I'm walking around with, like, my hair dyed, my hair looking funny and stuff. Totally. And, um, and I was thinking, too like how because there's this other thing i had this other friend talking like that was just really obsessed with like communists need to be disciplined and disciplined and disciplined and like no drugs and no alcohol and all this shit and i was always just like you're fucking weird mm-hmm. but i never knew that there actually was like a history of that of like this sort of almost this like monk mode and ironically compared to now the way we conceptualize this stuff but like personal responsibility which usually think of as like republican conservative types right as, like as as an individual like we're not living in this like woo woo land of like we're all big collective and collectivism. It's like <laughs> no, we're individuals trying to work toward collective power mm. to stop capital from wrecking our lives, which you know, with which they failed at a hundred years ago. Like it has wrecked our lives, and now we're so atomized we don't even know what to do. But like it, it act like these days. I think it's it's actually becoming more attractive. Where it's like yeah, okay, individual responsibility, personal freedoms. More Those graphic. aren't like bad. Yeah, like actually, those aren't bad thing, and it's actually it really sucks that they're this like kind of pretty arbitrary left right divide has like made it so we're supposedly in the camp where we're like nope, there's no such thing as an individual, and there is no personal responsibility, and no, yeah. I won't clean my room or sit up straight, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> yeah, I will do neither. Fuck like you, no dad. one will clean my room. <laughs> Fuck you. Dad. Yeah, yeah, it's that anarchist. Like, where it's like it's, it's kind of anarch- like too bad. Yeah, it's that anarchist energy again, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, if we could, if if we could like unite that sort of like anarchist like energy with more of a mature kind of like no it's good Mm -hmm. to like put on your big boy and girl pants this stupid thing Mm -hmm. i say all the time Mm -hmm. but it's like you know work ethic is a good thing you know like i've heard at dsa meetings people be like oh i want my children to live in a future where they don't have to work and it's like that's not what we're fighting for we're not fighting so people don't have to work we're all gonna have to work like Mm -hmm. we're fighting so that like we the the value of our labor is not extracted from us mm-hmm. the, the the world that we like, want to <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah right yeah. that we're not we're working like stays here right right yeah. uh, working is good cleaning your room is good and like mm-hmm. or if you don't feel like cleaning your room that's fine too like we yeah don't have, i mean we don't, don't have to be so rich my room my room's <laughs> gross but like just in that same vein yeah i mean i think i think there's like this is, sounds really weird, but sometimes I feel like I, well, I guess it depends on like the conservative you're talking about, but I do think like um, the only, the, the remaining Facebook account that I have, I used to do like all right infiltration stuff on Facebook and I had like Whoa. different accounts and um, yeah, I mean just, yeah. So I'd go into these like, cons- I, I, so I still have the one account that I use for like our tenants union. Um, Cause I was like, oh, we needed to get, you know, people still use Facebook a lot. I forgot about that. And so like, you know, get people through the Facebook. Um, but I still have, I'm still, I still in that news fate of that account. Um, uh, I'm still in libertarian groups. They're like regional. It'll be like something Illinois. It'll be something Florida. So like libertarian groups, conservative groups, second amendment groups, um, 
groups that are ironic and have like proud voice anyway so i still i can just like go in there and just like what what are the nazis talking about and just be like <laughs> boom 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 and the algorithms will show me because like that's what that account was created to do was to like see exactly what their algorithms look like and there i mean there is like some straight up bat shit like like the QAnon stuff it's just i don't really know where i don't know where to go with it um although although i will say because i feel like there's sometimes like left wing like where is it there's this lady i'm like trying to move into this new place right now there's this apartment building um and there's this lady from like occupy wall street but the version of the city i i'm in from many years ago i saw this lady who i met at occupy and i was like oh hey do you live here and she's like yeah and i was like hey like how's how's the landlord and stuff i'm like applying right now i'm like waiting for them to show me the spot we talked and then we started emailing and i was emailing her about like tenant stuff and then she's like well i gotta tell you I know that the coronavirus is a hoax made up by Bill Gates and da 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 da. And so, because the bankers are trying to like da 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 da. And it oh, like yeah. sounded like a right wing thing, but it really was like they're trying to shut down the economy so that the bankers can just own all the, the bankers can own everything. And I was like, oh, this is like, you sound like Alex Jones, like 2003 or something. Like, no lies just detected. Like, yeah. Cause I was like, yeah, actually, no, you know, totally. There's like, like- thread of uh, okay because like yeah. yeah the banks are always trying to do i mean that's just the design of capital like of I, course i feel closer to that kind of person than the kind of person that like worships andrew cuomo and fetishizes wearing a mask like right right, right. I, this so, person has like right. a, clo- a more cogent analysis of power than most yeah. liberals that like are in my bubble unfortunately so go on so, th- so there was that there was that and i was reminded of like there's these sort of like not quite left or right analysis of just like there's bad guys in power and they're like reptilian shapeshifters or whatever and i was like oh okay that's crazy but but actually i i yeah i think that like the the power analysis is actually not too far off but then um but then there's these other people that just sort of like i don't know there's just there's just something like really addictive and like seductive about the algorithms like because i'll see conservative posts from that from that world like libertarian i just i worry about the libertarians a lot of the time because i just don't like fully understand like i like that they're kind of like pro sex workers and pro like weed and like drug legalization because you know there's some stuff from like yeah yeah that's good smart (laughs) but then you're just like well how would you how would you prevent like the corporations from polluting the water i don't know just like freedom man like Well, well, I just, guess just don't guess, purchase uh, purchase chemicals from that chemical corporation. Just purchase from the market will decide. Vote with your dollar. Vote purchase your petroleum from the other uh, the good and companies. Just, yeah, or like move downstream if it gets too bad and just like buy a home somewhere else because like right. everything will be affordable under libertarian. <laughs> exactly. Uh, build baby. Utopia. I don't. Yeah, it's not completely thought through, is it? But, but I still kind of think, well, I, yeah, then there's the other issue of like people that are in that because the, the, the libertarian, you know, if you're, if you're doing a tenant organizing thing, you're like, all right, we're going to get hundred percent of people in this fucking building to like be like, yeah. And then you get the fucking libertarian. Like we were door knocking a couple months ago and there was a fucking blue lives matter flag. Was it the upside down flag with the blue stripe? That's blue lives matter, right? It's so upside. It's like, I didn't know. It's it like the down. blue, it's just the blue, the blue stripe or whatever. Huh. Um, I think it's like I think it's just like a I'm I'm pro cops or something, um, or maybe it's two A, but the dude was just like, 
you it, you couldn't get more stereotypical he like we knocked on the door because i saw it, a couple others saw it, and they're like i don't know about this and i was like yo i'm desensitized to right-wing sh- stuff don't worry about <laughs> it i'm just going to talk to this person like a human and you'll be surprised uh-huh. knocked on the door and i was like ready to go like cool like it's one of the right-wingers or whatever uh-huh. the dude like he like opened the door like just kind of like just his face and he was like <laughs> like what what do you want and i was like oh fuck he's gonna shoot me oh. <laughs> like, i was like this guy's scared i was like hey so we're at the tendency union. we heard there's some issues in the building that i like halfway through my script i just like saw his, he was just waiting to just be <laughs> just to like pull out the fucking rifle and just be oh, like shit. all right fucking communist i mean i'm just kidding yeah. he didn't have any guns but uh but he was just like he's like no no problems <laughs> we could shut the door and i was like fuck man like all right so i guess yeah some of these people yeah but yeah, I gotta yeah. wonder, like, you know, if I were wearing like a suit and tie, or if I had like a, um, if I had an American flag, baseball cap or something, or like, comb your hair I mean? back, like, would he? Yeah, if I actually looked yeah. like a normal person, like, would he have, <laughs> would he have been like, you know, or, like, you we're know, talking to the good Samaritans of this apartment building, sir, and <laughs> yeah, just do a different spin on it, you know, like we believe in freedom, we believe in hard work, mm-hmm. and we believe mm-hmm. in the right to blah 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 you know like (laughs) yeah and these and these these liberal property management company owners have no right to neglect to neglect our freedoms by letting this mold get out of control i can't i can't tell you how much uh anti-semitism i've encountered doing tenant organizing because in our area the biggest landlords that came up here are these like hasidic jewish people and when you talk to the tenants are getting screwed over by these people and they don't have you know they're living it every day. Like I, I I have a hard, I have a really hard time blaming them for like, they don't say like, Oh, these people are like subhuman or anything, but they do like, they're very quick to bring up that say some, these are Jewish people, you know? Oh, and like, they don't refer to the tenant, the landlords by name, even they're just like, Oh, these Jewish landlords are coming up. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I have a hard, I have a hard time. Like, saying like oh actually yeah. like i can't talk to you if you're going to say that like i want to get them to mm-hmm. a meeting i want them to like talk to right, other people right, right, right. about like the con- you know the common things that they have and like you know the thing is i guess yeah i i actually see it's too bad because i do think like i do get the argument that it's just like look you can't build working class power if you have all these like prejudicial things people are saying about each other and shit like i do and that's where i'm trying to like lay off the like you know class reductionist side but um but it's also like but okay but what if what if if you find if you found some commonality to somebody like that if you really listen more than you talked like what if you found that you could actually just what like what if that belief that they have in their head like what if it is really just like if i'm rambling and i have like a phrase that comes out of my mouth that's just it happens to be incorrect and people just ignore it they're like oh i know what he meant and they ignore it and then as we build a relationship, they can like, you see that, like, I don't use the phrase that represents inaccuracy of thinking more. Like, what if it, what if it could be viewed like that, where it's just like, it's an inaccuracy of thinking, right? It's like, and yes, it, it can be harmful and stuff, but like, what if we didn't extrapolate it into like, it leads, like it could lead to the Holocaust yeah. or like, or like what, if, what if we just like, what if we like de-intensified it a little bit and we're like, well, yeah, it would kind of make sense. The landlord's Jewish, all they're seeing are Jewish landlords. Um, there is a concerted effort, like millions of dollars globally for like the global far right to like be injecting anti-Semitism into people's heads through their very isolative algorithm addictions within their news feeds and stuff like, okay, well, of course. And to then view them as like, 
well, this poor person then, right? Like that really sucks. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks to be them, right? Like yeah. what a lonely, isolated, shitty place to be. And then to like, you want some pizza? We have free pizza at the meeting. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. like get like give them room to sort of let the let their thoughts kind of expand and realize, oh no, this isn't just you know because of one specific type of person. It's they give them the the room to sort of see the bigger picture because so much yeah. of this, so much of bigoted, you know, bigoted ideas come from my shit sucks right now. And I just yeah. need the, the quickest, easiest target to like point right. that frustration at. And, and if you give people room to sort of like think about alternative, the bigger picture, right? Just yeah, bigger yeah. connecting bigger dots. They can like let go of that sort of animosity they have this is and, a oh yeah. i was no, gonna go say this is a this is a this is just reminding this is a sort of somewhat different thing but it's reminding me i know um tank i'm a big fan of them in the bay area um tenant and neighborhood uh councils uh they have a campaign right now against their landlord lobby locally which i've i've personally never seen like it's a it's a full-on like their strategy looks really smart where it's um and i'll go back to the identity landlord thing um I think their strategy was like they initially started with the pandemic of like form tenants councils, which is, and, and they had this like guide to organizing in a pandemic. Um, and it was like, you know, get people within your building or across buildings owned by the same landlord and you form this thing called a tenants council. And, um, and then from there, you can like send this letter to your landlord saying from here forward, we're contacting you as the council, not as individual tenants. And then from there, like start pushing for like, we can't afford to pay the rent because we lost our jobs and, abolish rent or whatever and it's just like this really kind of well thought out thing um and they formed a number of tenants councils as a result and then um what their campaign is against the landlord lobby now is and the landlord lobby as a whole and like as you guys know and maybe listeners may or may not know the landlord lobby is usually just a concentration of like landlords who are it's if you think of what a tenants union is a bunch of tenants unions a bunch of tenants who maybe pay dues into like being members of like a union to cover tenants Landlord lobbies are like that, except it's like landlords paying membership dues to belong to a union for landlords. And so there's a lot more money involved. They have like lawyers on deck. They have developers and speculators and bank financiers and stuff. And they just basically, you know, it's just basically like fucking money bag people just running around. So anyway, they're like, let's take on the entire landlord lobby of the East Bay. Uh, but let's start it with saying they have not negotiated in good faith with our tenants councils. Just assuming flat out, like our tenants councils are legitimate sort of s structures of governance within these buildings and let's just attack these fucking entities and one of the first things finally coming back around to the whole point of this is that what they found was almost immediately was that the black landlords were coming out to attack the white you know anarchist communist type hmm. organizers from tank to be like look at this systemic racism at play Whoa. like look at this um look at these uh these fucking white kids uh, you know, LARPing around, attacking, uh, you know, black um, entrepreneurship and shit like that. And I did, as soon as I saw that, I was like, and they put that in their tank, put that in their press release that they were like, they're trying to use, you know, identity to like attack the working class. Um, they're using black landlords, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, we'll see how that goes down. But I was like, okay, like, I didn't really see that coming, you know? Um, yeah. But like, it is interesting. And it's also interesting in that, like, I could see there being, like, straight-up mom-and-pop type black landlords in, like, Oakland and, and nearby areas in the Bay Area being, like, yeah, like, I inherited this house from, like, my grandma who was, like, one of, like, 
1600 black folks in this area that was even able to fucking get the loan to like get the house or whatever because right. redlining was you know what i mean and then that and i get i'm like oh man like there actually could be some serious pain there for some of the black smaller landlords but i'm also like what a fucking genius weaponization of identity yeah. politics against tenant organizing right like from the it landlord's sucks. perspective yeah. it's ingenious right. for them well yeah i mean um, but that's that's the thing i mean we've we came we came across when we were canvassing i believe right alex one time we were canvassing and we came across it was like yeah. li- quite literally a mom and pop black they were black landlords mm, mm-hmm. and they were this one house next they were door, the, they had the other house yeah yeah it was like mm-hmm. a duplex and they were the nicest fucking people they invited us in they like mm-hmm. offered us food and like tea and so, they were so fucking Fuck. it's terrible but that's the thing is like a lot <laughs> like these smaller landlords are more aligned with like working yeah. class people sure. that's why you you know these like slogans mm-hmm. of like fuck all the landlords fuck all the cops mm-hmm. it's not as simple as that you know yeah yeah and I a lot agree. of uh, yeah. a lot of these you know our 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 stuff aligns our interests align you know right right the less years yeah yeah and it's like nor- it's normie repellent at that point where yeah. you know someone mm-hmm. someone like someone mm-hmm. like us or whatever is saying like well fuck all landlords and then a normal person is out there being like, oh, well, my la- my uncle is a landlord. He's nice. And like, yeah, you know, it uh, it just. And he bought me nice stuff for Christmas because he has a little bit of extra money because like, yeah. he's a, you know, because he, he does that and he has a side job. And and he's marginalized. He's a person of land and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. a land chad. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think in theory, I think, um after kind of speed reading, speed skimming um, in defense of housing by whatever the fuck the author's names are, Peter Marcuse and somebody else. Um, There's a PDF of it if y'all want to like just ever skim through it. Um, There's this, uh, there's this stuff on the sort of like um, the deregulation processes that happened. Um, Like if you, I guess like I, I never thought about this too much, but like if you think of like, okay, there's a house and like, how do you get a house? Okay, you gotta buy it, you gotta get a bunch of money to buy it. Like most people can't afford a house so then you gotta like get a loan. Okay, so where do you get the loan to get it from the bank? It's called a mortgage. And then like, okay, that's that's cool. All right, I'll do that. Cause like, I wanna, I want a house. Cool, like pretty normal fucking thing to wanna do. Like I wanna like fucking have a house. Who the fuck doesn't want a fucking house? So then you go to the bank and you try to get a fucking bank loan to get this mortgage. I guess like what happened in that same exact era of like left being destroyed and stuff um, you know, Reagan neoliberal era is that um, all the regulations around the mortgage industry and the banking sector and the finance sector, all the rules are just thrown away. They were just like Soviet Russia, they're bad. Communists in the US, bad. Murder them, jail them. Capitalism's good. So they just like took the rules away. And, um, and so the interest rates, they created all these like competitive schemes within the banking, the finance, finance industry like mortgage mortgages versus mortgages like this bank was like well we'll tie this thing up into this portfolio and stuff and make it so that there's this interest rate and then we'll make it so after this period of time we'll review it and we can raise the interest rate and then there's like all these fucking weird things but before that there was never a thing like it was like always like low interest rates can't increase the interest rates the mortgages have to be set up in this this and this way but after they were they were that all that was thrown out um i do i feel weird being like a, a sort of commie like tenant organizer now but like homeowners are right they do have it hard um because the the financial system that um 
that made it that if you wanted to get a home, um, you know, and there's, of course, if you're black, it's way harder. If you're, you know, whatever, it's like way harder, but like generally just became a lot harder um, in that, like the, just from like the interest rates alone, right? Like when we talk about like student loan, like the student loan debt crisis, it's like, there's a sort of like mortgage debt crisis as well, you know, like, and it's, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to give them too much. Cause it's like, well, once you have a house, you, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not as hard as not having the fucking house, but um, I guess just to be dialectical about it, it's like that, that is kind of shitty too. It's people that had to go in a bunch of debt just to have a normal thing called the house. Um, and they have no control over like what the banking laws are and stuff like that. So anyway, learning about that, I was like, okay, that's, that's a like nuance that I didn't really think about ever because I never looked into it, you know? Um, yeah, like mortgages and interest rates. Um, yeah. Well, that's how that's how you end an interesting left wing podcast, right? As you start talking about like mortgages and interest rates, <laughs> just sort of trail off. Mm-hmm. It's good to own land. <laughs> That'll be my next video. It'll be called "Mortgages and Interest Rates," and I'll see if I can get over two hundred views. If I'm lucky. Oh man! Well, you got to spice it up. Like how Jordan Peterson is wrong about mortgages <laughs> and interest rates. And then have like a, a Burger King crown on Jordan Peterson's head. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that's how you do it. Fuck them. Uh, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's so many interesting great. like touch points in this conversation where I like could have been like, oh, let's talk about this now. Your mom's There's a touch point. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're You're right. She totally is not even gonna like, actually, try to actually, hide it. I actually say that to people. I say like, "Someone be like, do you want to go? Do you want to get a burger?" I'll be like, "Your mom wants a burger." <laughs> like, actually, I actually talk to people like that, like pretty regularly. I like oh, this. Uh, I like the Stanley version of it from the office, where he's like, he says something really serious, like, "Oh, we're gonna go get a burger," and then shove it up your butt. <laughs> That's my favorite version of that type of joke. Uh, that is good. A lot of people say they don't like the office. I feel like I've been running into a lot of people lately who are like, it's very awkward and makes me uncomfortable. Like supposed to be. It's the whole point. Yeah, right. I don't know. Uh, I was going to ask you, Slice, are you a, do you like the office? I do. I don't, I don't watch it because all I do is like watch left left wing YouTube videos, but. (laughs) Really? um, Are you one of those? Literally I was born. Yeah, I was born. (laughs) Like I popped out of my mom's pussy. <laughs> and I was like, "Mom, <laughs> put on YouTube, YouTube." And then she was like, "Oh, do you want to watch gamers talk about uh, the best controllers?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> put on the new Mexi video about sex work." And she was like, "Oh, honey, of course, I love you." I was like, Thanks, mom. Uh, I'm sorry for being a patriarch. And she was like, "Suck my titty, bitch!" Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she sounds like a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a sweet woman um um this is fun y'all, so y'all we should pro- go hard <laughs> well it's fun to like bring somebody else into the mix now because it's usually yeah. just me and alex and we're like fuck you fuck, fuck you, <laughs> oh, tell, me, you. tell me more about That's that healthy. <laughs> smell your farts all day long <laughs> i fucking hate your guts yeah <laughs> that's Mother what's up then marriage <laughs> 
we've been married for like six years now so that's like that's a lot that's pretty gay it's fucking gay it's pretty gay super gay i'm over it i'm over yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> shit's lame oh man it's good I was going to say, uh, there's this lesbian couple that's like two doors down for me who um, put up this sign and I'm bringing up their lesbian couple because I'm a racist and they, had, they put up a sign. They put up a sign that said, like, if you vote third party, it shows how much it was like two weeks before the election because oh, they had like their Biden Harris signs. But it was like, if you vote third party, it shows how much you really hate marginalized groups or something like that. Oh, and I just like, I remember seeing it. I was like, I thought about it like every day. For, like, a week. And I was just like, I really wish that I could have a conversation with them. But like, they become like, they became like hardened over time after they moved to the neighborhood, like where they just, I don't know, just seemed like less and less friendly over time. And so I was like. So if you vote for Trump, you're okay. Just third party is bad. <laughs> you should say that to me. I voted for Trump. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't even think of that. That's nuts. <laughs> Well, I wanted to. I wanted to be like, can we have a can we have a very calm conversation about the electoral college in California? You know, because like, there's no way it actually wouldn't matter. Like, it wouldn't matter if you, yeah. like they're gonna get all fifty four of the electoral college votes. But like, right, would have been no more, matter who you vote for. If you really care, I mean, they should have. What, what was that proposition out there about Prop Uber 22. Lyft twenty two? The which one? The Uber one? Yeah, yeah, that was the Uber one. And then fifteen was the tax the rich one, the one that like somehow went down in flames and it like hmm. that lost too all the good ones lost pretty not oh all of them. no but, but like the left most is growing you guys but biden harris yeah. won like overwhelmingly that's, that's but insane. Of like but of course yeah but um but yeah the ones yeah the tax rich rich one that was like some kind of tax on the rich that would have paid for all the shit that like covid has destroyed economically like schools and parks and like it was just like a fucking normal tax the rich thing that failed uber uber can unionize failed um there were two or three other ones there were there was like a couple good ones and i can't remember what they were like basically all the ones that all the dsa people like campaign for lost like really really bad hmm. um it's brutal so yeah you guys have some rich mofos out there winning. Too. <laughs> that's what winning looks like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the left is resurgent yeah but in other places, I mean, what I think is cool is like there's places like in Florida. I thought that was one of the coolest analyses of like the minimum wage thing. One in Florida, where also the numbers just show that obviously a fuck ton of Republicans voted yes on it. Yeah. Um, because like the numbers showed like how many Republicans voted for Trump and like other right wing shit. And it was like, oh, more money at my job. Yeah, I'll vote for that. Yeah. Like, I'll, vote, I'll vote yes for that. Like kind of no brainer um thought that was cool yeah i mean it's it's all it just goes to show how all this stuff is just like fandom celebrity bullshit Mm -hmm. everybody knows that like politicians just don't they don't do shit for us so just ignore that just ignore that shit build outside of it yeah would you would you like would you like to plug yourself we should do the real podcast stuff would you like to plug yourself your channel yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say for me personally, a silicone plug is a little bit um, more comfortable than a glass plug. Um, <laughs> but which for me, so I'd say go with um, go with my brand. Um, <laughs> I, I think I should change my channel to just be like 
um, like butt plug uh, products. <laughs> so like this has been sponsored by, or you continue continue doing like little short like organizing videos. But like this video has been sponsored by siliconbuttplugs.com. And the sad thing is like you don't even get sponsorships. <laughs> you just do it for fun. You're like I just really like these <laughs> and like accidentally make them more money. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> god that's just before i kill myself that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna like make one last video that's just like plugging butt plugs um, <laughs> um i i have nothing to plug i have i was born without a butthole so well, I think everybody listening to this should should go watch uh, another Slices channel on YouTube uh, because mm -hmm. it's awesome. And you you've been listening to the Space Commune podcast. I'm Fox. I'm Alex. I'm your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm Slice Boy. Slicey Boy. Yep. Slice Slice Cat. <laughs> Diet. Oh, this Diet lady Slice. Ah, like, uh, this lady. <laughs> That's the Jacob.